As we hit the guest line right now, let's welcome aboard the very talented Kate Fagan. Um, what made Maddie run? You see her on ESPN, ESPNW, all over the place. Very talented, does a fantastic job. Hey, Kate, Mark Malusis and Maggie Gray, thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me. You yeah, got it. Kate, thanks so much. And, you know, writing this book, What Made Maddie Run, it's a book about Madison Holleran. She was a middle-distance runner from New Jersey, went on to the University of Pennsylvania, and from the outside, everything looked like she had that quote-unquote perfect life. She was beautiful. She was popular. She was obviously a, a world-class athlete. And in January of 2014, she took her own life. And, you know, Kate, I'm just curious to know, this is a very tragic story. It's got a lot of layers, so let's start to unpack them. But what drew you to this story to begin with? Well, like Maddie, I had had a really difficult transition from high school sports to college sports. And I never really thought about it too much, never talked about it too much. That freshman year, I had played basketball at the University of Colorado. I tried to quit. Um, I did a couple things to try and get out of practices that, in retrospect, were very unhealthy, and there was a lot of anxiety. And I, I thought that that I was an anomaly. And I remember looking around the athletic department and thinking everyone was really conquering that transition and really enjoying the experience. And so right from the outset, reading about Madison's story and some of the difficulties she had even with this transition to the sport, not to mention a lot of mental health issues and other Maggie, as you mentioned, surrounding issues, that core point of wanting to talk more openly about how difficult the college transition can be was one of the reasons I was really drawn to this story. Well, your personal experience, Kate, what was what was the, the difficulty in the transition from high school to collegiate athletics? Yeah, so my, the difficulty I had, and I it was reflected back at me, it's certain some of the things Madison wrote about her transition, really there's two core pieces. One was what a lot of students feel, student-athletes feel, human beings feel when they leave home for the first time. There's just a shaking of that foundational piece where you're not around people who love you. You think it's going to be exciting to be around people who don't know you yet and you kind of reinvent yourself. And sometimes that's true, but oftentimes you feel like you don't really have any real connections and bonds. And so there's that emotional foundation piece that's missing. And on top of that, you pour on the identity crisis that I think a lot of kids go through, I certainly did. You go from being superstar athlete in high school to now bottom rung of the ladder oftentimes and trying to prove yourself all over again and you question, am I that talented runner? Am I that talented basketball player? Am I that talented, super smart student and that's how I've always built my identity on? Or is that being called into question because of the new level I've reached and will I be able to succeed on this new level? So, it's just, it was For me, it was a swirl of those things, and I saw a few of those things in Madison as well. We're talking with Kate Fagan, her book, What Made Maddie Run, about the life and tragic death of Madison Holleran. Um, you know, Kate, when you wrote in the book that the NCAA released statistics, suicide ranks third, third most frequent cause of death among student-athletes. Cardiac issues, accidents are the first two. What can universities be doing better to prioritize mental health, if anything? Well, if we stick in the athletic realm with like that specific number, third leading cause, and it's always important to point out that in the general population, the number of, of anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, it, it, they're a little bit higher actually in the general population, but they're rising in both populations, athletes and general student population. And athletic departments and the NCAA, they have started to realize over the last couple of years that 
this is the next frontier that they need to wrap their minds around and their arms around and provide more support. Um, not a lot of athletic departments employ a full-time mental health professional. I think we all know how much money is pumped into training rooms, locker rooms, um, staff for the physical health of college athletes. And there's just a small percentage that are even pouring in minimal resources to this mental emotional side. So that's the first step that I think you'll see athletic departments take over the next three to five years is make sure there's someone on staff, not just a sports psychologist helping for performance, but someone who helps truly with depression, any, any sort of mental health, that difficult transition. So that, that's going to be something I think we see in the sports world in the coming future. Kay, why do you think mental health, uh, in doing this book and the research and everything, but and it's not just with athletes, it's really across our entire country. Why don't you think people suffering from you know, uh, dealing with issues with mental health, why do you think our country has not been able to support those properly over the course of time here? And it's been quite some time. Yeah, I think there's a, I mean, there's a number of things at play, and I think the ones that I landed on writing this book were really an inability sometimes for any of us to have any sort of conversation about it. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel right now even doing this interview, whether there's times when you're choosing a word and when you're talking about the Buffalo Bills, you're not really worried what word you choose. And when you're talking about this, you end up being really careful about how you communicate about it because you know you're in a place with landmines. And so I think it's in, in one level, it really simply is having a conversation and not worrying that we're going to cause someone, you know, thoughts that they hadn't had before, that we're going to become part of the problem, that maybe that's something that only the well, professionals... The, I mean, it's also a lack, of, a lack of understanding, too. I mean, I, it's, it's not a case where, you know, you have a sore muscle or you tore your knee up or, you know, you hurt your shoulder or anything like that. I, I think people have a hard time understanding exactly if you're not going through it what you're exactly battling through if you are battling, battling through depression. Yeah, and that's a fantastic point. I mean, I was just talking with someone yesterday about the book, and they were sharing how, you know, they had always, they'd grown up and they'd really struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts and anxiety. And for the longest time, they thought that that was just the baseline human experience, that that was the way everyone went through their day. And now, meanwhile... I've been lucky enough that for the most part, except for a couple moments here or there that I think everyone goes through, I've been pretty lucky with the strength and of my mental health. And so I think there's a disconnect between everyone kind of knows what a broken ankle feels like. And then there's this weird abyss where I don't think we all know the different varying levels that someone might be dealing with with their mental health, what it might be like to live with a certain struggle. And so I think we, we then we don't have the language and then we just feel like, ah, that's a can of worms that I don't want to open up. I think all of that is contributing to it. Yeah, and I think there's maybe a lack of empathy, too. You know, or if you can't see the, you know, the injury, so to speak, then you, you feel like you can't empathize with it. You know, it's like if your leg is broken, you go to a doctor to see that. But I even think people going to therapists, things like that, are still in some places stigmatized in this country. Add on top of it, athletics. I think that it even gets more stigmatized. We're talking with Kate Fagan. She wrote a book called What Made Maddie Run about Madison Holleran. And, you know, Kate, we talked about this. You mentioned the iGen 
um, generation, right? Uh, I had not mm-hmm. heard that before. Well, this is when you and I talked this week at Sports Illustrated and just about how social media is a part of this story. And I think anyone listening, if your parents out there in the car, you're listening on the app, what have you. I mean, Madison was lived her entire life with social media. You know, she was, what, 18 years old. And I'm just curious what you found in terms of how social media is playing into some of these rising depression rates. It's playing into it in a really frightening way. And, and that, that term iGen is like a label for, you know, kids right now who are like 15 to, you know, 24, whatever that next generation is. Um, that's coined by a woman who's coming out with a book. Her name is Jean Twenge, and she's coming out with a book about the effects of social media on our young people. And I would say even on, like, any of us who fall asleep next to our phones and wake up with our phones. Like, yeah. there's a level of uh, anxiety and depression that they're finding correlated with that kind of immersive experience with your phone that the next generation is absolutely a part of. And Madison Madison was also part of that generation. And, and there was a disconnect. I mean, her Instagram is still live. And if you look at it, you can see a projection of the perfect college experience. And so there is a combination of like social media exacerbating when you're, when you're absorbing the social media of other people and you're not in a good place. Like it, it contributes to anxiety and depression, like numerous studies have shown. So there was that rule that it was playing with Madison. And then there was the, also just the overwhelming amount of communication she was doing on text message and not necessarily through in-person communication and all of those things. I think, their kids are dealing with, and I think a lot of us are dealing with how to manage an addiction to our phones and how we communicate. Kate, the the journey you took in writing this book and telling Madison. So, what what do you what did you take most from it, and what do you want the reader to take most from it? The, and those are actually the same thing, and that was I wish that we would really one as parents not think that if we follow the social media of our kids that we're learning anything at all. We're actually really not learning anything. I mean, you're not even learning where they were at a certain time because I put up pictures like three days later from places I was. So there's that point of not being like, oh, I checked in on them on social media and thinking you're gleaning any kind of information. And then the second thing is like, we, I think too often, I think some people are getting better at it. We talk about this transition from high school to college, if we're lucky enough to go to college, as if it's always going to be great and amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, this is for both student athletes and students. And you, very often it's not. Very often it becomes the first transition period of our lives that can trigger mental health issues if we haven't had them before. And even just the general conversation of like, hey, you know, you're changing a home, you're changing your friends, you're changing all of the anchors in your life. And that could be hard for you. Let's make sure that that's not something we think that you can't talk about. Those for me were like the biggest takeaways. Kay Fagan, she wrote, What Made Maddie Run? It's available now. Of course, you can watch Kate on Around the Horn. Love you there on ESPN and Outside the Lines. <laughs> Everything you do, Kate, thanks so much. Thank and, of you, course, Kate. you'll be on the trifecta later today so we can That's hear right. more of Kate uh, on ESPN Radio. Kate, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You Appreciate got it. you.